Hurriedly with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hi and welcome to episode number 163 of the Robots Podcast. I am Jana and today we will learn about Birdly, a robot that allows its user to take flight. But first, as always, let's catch up with the latest in the world of robotics with Christine. Thanks Jana. Often swarm robotic projects involve less than 100 robots or are done in computer simulation. In order to create a large swarm, Harvard Self-Organizing Systems Research Group created Kilobot, where a kilo stands for 1,024. Kilobot is a coin-sized robot that moves on three stick legs using two vibrating motors. It communicates with neighboring robots using infrared light, signals its state by changing a color LED, and sends ambient light. It was also designed so that groups of kilobots can be turned on, charged, and programmed at the same time. Now, these kilobots have been used to form complex 2D shapes without a central brain or a human controller, including a star, a wrench, and the letter K. This works by robots following the edge until they reach the desired location in the shape that is growing in successive layers. In the end, there is something magical about seeing 1,000 robots move. Having a robotic butler may be closer than you think. Savioki, a startup headed by ex-Willow Garage CEO Steve Cousins, has provided a loft hotels with a robotic butler named ALO, who comes to work in a painted vinyl collared uniform and a painted name tag. The robot is approximately three feet tall, has a cylindrical body, has a carrying capacity of two cubic feet, and is designed to travel at a human walking pace. It can even travel independently between floors via the hotel elevator. Its purpose will be to deliver amnities, chargers, cords, snacks, and the morning paper to aloft hotel guests. When ALO arrives at the guest's room, it phones the guest to announce its arrival, delivers the goods, and makes its way back to the front desk. With ALO, aloft will be the first major hotel brand to hire a robot for both front and back house duties. For more information on robotic swarms and service robots, Visit robohub.org. Birdly is a robot that explores the experience of a bird in flight. The user essentially controls a simulator with his or her hands and arms, which directly correlates to the wings and primary feathers of a bird. Visualized through a head-mounted Oculus Rift display, the user is embedded in a virtual landscape where his or her body is the body of a red kite. Our interviewer Aldro spoke to Max Reiner from Zurich University about Project Birdly and about what it's like to take flight. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Hi. Can you introduce yourself? My name is Max Reiner and I teach at the Zurich University of, of the Arts and in the Department of Interaction Design. You're working on a project called Birdly. Can you tell us a bit about the goal and inspiration of it? 
And the project Birdly was heavily inspired by the dream of uh, the humankind's dream of flying. So, um, from history, uh, from the history, people always dreamt about flying, and we try to explore this kind of dream with different kind of methods. So, first of all, uh, we studied what kind of dreams. So, literally, what kind of dreams people have when they are flying in their sleep. And so some people uh, think they are birds, some people think they are like ghosts, and some people feel like they are a balloon, which is the same, has the same weight as the air, and they're just floating around. And so for us, Birdly was actually the first step. So we tried to explore the dream of flying uh, as a bird. And for this, we built a simulator to, yeah, to experience actually this kind of dream. Can you describe how it looks? So badly by itself, it looks actually like a massage uh, chair. <laughs> if you say like this, you lay on the installation, you lay uh, on your belly because you're flying in a horizontal position. And badly by itself, the installation is, uh, is a simulator which actually, uh, sorry, uh, which uh, has uh, wings. It has a cushion where you lay on it, and the whole thing can be moved in uh, in several positions. And you even can move uh, or navigate the wings. And when you lay on this kind of simulator, you will have uh, glasses like the Oculus Rift. You have uh, even headphones and so on. And then you are really deeply immersed in this kind of simulation. Can you tell us about how it senses the user and how you can flap wings? Exactly. Uh, so the flapping of the wings, we did mostly mechanically because we thought we could also navigate through the change of weight. But the problem is that our simulator moves around as well. And so we had um, to make the decision that we, at the end, just use the navigation from the wings. And the wings, actually, you can flap and then you gain height. But you can also bend the wings, which is the same like the birds navigate with their primary feathers. And with this kind of bending of the wings, you can navigate it into the direction. You can um, fly upwards or downwards or left and right and soar and all these kinds of things which birds like to do. How does Birdly create sensory stimulation to simulate yeah. flying? Exactly. Uh, First of all, uh, we have the, um, the, uh, the motion feedback system. So you are laying on this installation, which moves you around in space. So we have three degrees of freedom, which we can uh, augment, which are you can move up and down, you can roll, and you can um, uh, dive up or uh, dive down and go up. And this is the movement uh, which you really feel with your body. And this is somehow in an angle between 0 to 30 plus minus degrees. And additionally to this, uh, we have a sensory input, um, a central input, I mean, uh, of, uh, from the wind generator. Because it's very important when you fly, then you feel the wind on your own body. Like when you drive a bicycle or when you keep your head out of a window of a driving car, you feel the wind, which is very important. So we put actually a big fan in front of you, which even navigates with you. So when you go up or down or whatever, the wind is always coming in front of you. And the wind uh, speed depends on your own speed. So when you fly fast, you have a lot of wind. If you're nearly not flying, then you have no wind and so on. With the fan, you also have olfactory feedback, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. Can you talk a little so, bit about that? Yeah, uh, the olfactory feedback is not built into fan. We build it in the glasses because if you would put the smell in the fan, you would need a lot of scents and odors. So we built a system like this that we uh, pump actually the scent in directly nearly into your nose, as very close to your nose from the goggles. And the scent... Uh, several scents uh, which we designed actually and they're bound to the area which you pass through so for example when you fly through uh, over a trash place or um, or a forest or you are close to the sea then you have different kind of odors how do you make these scents for the user to experience mm -hmm. and so the whole thing um is divided by two programs. We have a server program which deals with all sensory and uh, actuatory inputs and outputs. And then we have a game engine which runs in the background and the game engine um, defines what kind of content you actually have visually and olfactorically or sound-wise, tactile-wise or motion-wise. Can you explain the Oculus Rift? Yeah, so... The whole thing um, was heavily inspired actually by the phenomenon which we call out-of-body experience. Um, so the thing is actually when you are in a simulator, then you should feel like a bird. So first of all, of course, you can flap your wings, you fly like a bird, you see the area from the perspective of, of the bird, but you also can see your own body as a bird. So when you flap your hands uh, with the mechanical wings, you see it in the Oculus Rift as well when you look at your hands. And so you merge into the bird then. And you can also see the environments you're passing over. Oh, of course, yeah. You're flying over, you're soaring over this kind of area. And so in the first version, which we did uh, for testing, we made, um, we made a very condensed area here in Switzerland with rivers, mountains, bridges, and so on. But for the exhibitions in San Francisco and in Vancouver, we had the chance to get a high-detailed 3D map from the company PLW Modelworks, which has really high-detailed 3D graphics. You can imagine this like, like Google Earth, maybe. And you, as a bird, fly in through the skyscrapers of uh, San Francisco. That's quite fun. And then also to really make this experience of presence, you add audio feedback too. So they're wearing yep. more noise canceling headphones. No, we don't have at the moment noise canceling headphones because headphones, normal headphones. But the sound, we didn't. Um, how shall I say? We didn't want to um, play in music or different kind of special effects. We just wanted to to give the impression that you're really flying. So when you're flying, you just hear the noise of the wind, actually, and your own flapping of the wings. What do users think? Uh, actually, it's quite interesting. First of all, when they see the simulator, you know, at our art school, uh, then they start talking, theorizing or whatever. But this totally stops when they went on the simulator and went down because then they are just only talking about the experience. Because the experience is really what you cannot see in the videos. You really have to feel it. And some people or uh, most of the people are really taken by it and, uh, and are fascinated, actually. How much time can a user spend in Birdly? Is there a physical limitation that people have? We never tried it actually out. There were some kits. Also in the game, we build. Also in the simulator, we build in um, 
a time limit because we had it in an um, exhibition and so we didn't want people to stay too long otherwise we'll have a uh, big row uh, big waiting lines and so and so we limited it for 10 minutes but uh, here in our lab we had no limits and so some people were playing for 20 minutes and some yeah you can do it pretty long as much as you like actually but of course there is a moment where people can get sick and this depends mostly on two factors one of them is of course we use the first version of the oculus rift and the second is some people anyways get sick with if they have the movement not just uh, imagine some people get even sick if they are sitting in a car you know and the car moves around and so and the platform also moves you around and not as much maybe but those people still get sometimes sick but from the statistics as far as i can say there are really little also a little percentage so when we had i don't know 10 people not even one maybe also from 20 people maybe one I, I didn't have it statistically, but I'm really... Gotcha. I, it's a small percentage. So from the experience, can you feel how your stomach drops when you take a dive or anything? Actually, yes. Yeah, some people think that, yeah. Because the interesting part is actually our simulator can just move. Um, it doesn't drop uh, to 20 meters. It cannot because physically. So our simulator just augments this or just shows a little bit and you got the impression. But with the visual uh, synchron uh, synchronization with the movement a little bit and with the picture and so, you sometimes really get a feeling like you get lifted. For example, you can feel it very well when you fly and you see a house, and you crash, and then you start flapping your wings, and then you, you're raising upwards, and then you really feel, oh, now you feel that your stomach gets really pushed down, and you, you go upwards, and this kind of um, ex impression I, I experienced by myself. Is there haptic feedback to the user uh, in the part where their hands are attached to the wings? Not at the moment. That's something we really would like to do. So we don't have an active feedback system there. Uh, it's just uh, in one way passive. We have uh, two different kinds of pumps or resisting, um, resisting. I don't know how you call it in English, actually. But uh, no, no, uh, resisting springs, mm -hmm. two different kinds, which gives you the impression that you really flap uh, your wings. What kind of interest has there been in this project? Um, yeah, a lot of kids. Kids are very fascinated, of course. They really want to try. Gamers, obviously, but also a lot of people from uh, the robotics, and and a lot of people. Also, actually, the good thing is I cannot even mention them that clearly because somehow, uh, nearly every person has somehow a relation to flying, especially in the dreams. And so it works somehow for most. Everyone can talk a little bit about it and everyone can try it out. Are there commercial companies that are interested in taking this, perhaps for gaming? There are some uh, companies which uh, ask, but like I mentioned, I started the project with my peers here uh, in late uh, November. So this is really fresh. Also we really had a very tight Time, um, time frame and now we just build it but there is a lot of potential first research and that's actually what we're trying to do now. What do you think will be the future of Birdly? 
And the future of Dudley, there are several different possibilities. Also, first of all, we could commercialize it, but also we, like I mentioned before, we want to study different kind of dreams uh, of flying. And so definitely the dream which I would also like to simulate would be the one as you feel like a ghost. So when you float through the air, so you don't move like a bird, you float like a ghost or something like this. So this kind of movement would be also very interesting. So a little bit like zero G, a zero G simulator or something like this. What have been the major challenges with this project? Of course, the time frame. <laughs> That's definitely something. And now I think the next steps will be a little bit more challenging because uh, what we are really looking deeply into it is um, active motion feedback so that you, for example, if you have thermics in the air and re more resistance, that you really feel it on your arms. And, and for example, if, if there's really an upstream that your arms getting bent behind or something like this, and as you may see now at the moment, the wings can only move in, uh, through one axis. So you just can flap down, but actually we also would like to extend that. Then you can extend to a second um, direction. Because when you fly, then, how shall I say? So as a bird, the bird has, has more degrees of freedom to move actually the wings. We really want to simulate all the, the freedoms the bird has. Uh, so what challenges did you have getting to where you are now? And what did you learn from them? Definitely uh, the biggest challenges were actually that the whole system um, worked together at the end. So the whole uh, and the project consists of graphics, on robotics, on psychology parts, and all this kind of stuff. And to merge them together to one experience, this was actually quite a challenge because sometimes when you play with the actuators, with the electronics, it can take really a lot of time and in the end you spend a lot of time and you don't have a physical or um, psychological impact and so you really should do stuff which has an impact and this was a, uh, actually a challenge for this short time we had What did you learn about working on such a diverse team? Mm -hmm. uh, the time pressure is actually quite a good glue to bring everyone in line <laughs> So looking at your past research, I've seen you've done very diverse projects uh, from yep. Cube, which helps stroke patients, to Trivial Pursuit, yep. augmented board games. Yeah, exactly. But those works, uh, just to correct you a little, uh, are student works, which oh, I mentioned. I see. Well, what, what inspires you to take on these kind of works or mentor these kind of works? Uh, what interests me is actually the area of embodied interaction, that we interact with our whole body, not only with our fingertips, not only with our uh, hands or so, that we use actually the whole human body actually as an interaction surface. And those projects are, ex uh, example, uh, are a good example of this point of view, because, of course, there are stroke patients in one case, but another project uses maybe only the feet or the whole foot and all this kind of stuff. So we just explore um, the whole body actually for possibilities to interact. Can you talk a little bit about how you relate art 
with the robotic side of of the projects you're working on, how it how, how it's as much of an yep. artist pursuit as a technological one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for me, as um, um, which works in that field, uh, for me, I don't. Um, how shall I say? I don't make a border there. Uh, this is research, or this is art, or this is design. For me, it's just um, the exploration is just interesting in each field. It's maybe a little bit general, but for me, it's at the end. For what 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 interests me in the whole thing is the experience. What you gain as an expector, or if you are in the simulation, or if you are participating in that, it's really what you feel at the end. Do you have an idea about future technologies you wish to explore and implement in your art? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are definitely very interesting things. First of all, real flying is interesting. Definitely. <laughs> and the augmented reality direction, which I already used in some art projects, are also quite interesting. Because for me, what interests me is I call also, uh, immersive telepresence, so that you actually can exchange your body uh, with another object. So, for example, um, what I did once as an art project was actually build a robot which had uh, the same construction, also the freedom of your head movement like you have and then you could actually uh, be in the body of the robot and look around in this area and this kind of embodiment uh, I think is very interesting because it's real time, you see your own body from the outside and you can explore yeah, different kind of uh, realities with this kind of setup which are very challenging and interesting do you have advice for people that are inspired to connect art and robotics? Yeah. For me, quite important is that uh, a lot of people think the idea is the most important thing. And for me, that's true in one way, but what's, what's also very important is handcrafting or that you have the skills to do it. Because when you only think theoretically about it, you never get to the stage where you actually experience stuff. And without experience, you just talk about something which you don't know, as we, which you just heard maybe, but you don't 100% understand. So uh, the crafting is very important. So you need the skills to build stuff, to prototype, to experiment. Then you get maybe even new ideas or different ideas. Or, and that's, I think, something mm-hmm. people shouldn't So it care. seems to be an iterative process while you're building it and then you test it. How did how did you yeah. do this with Birdly? With Birdly, we started actually right from the beginning with the first prototypes. So we built up a SketchUp, a physical SketchUp. We started with the motion platform. Uh, we even simulated the whole motion platform mechanically by hand. So we just built a, um, like a plate where you can lay on it, and we navigate the plate by our hand and try to work out with the Oculus Rift. This was very was very interesting, but it makes it made every one of us super sick because if you don't make it perfectly, you get really sick. <laughs> All right. And wrapping up, what do you think is the future of robotics? Oh, that's the worst, but I think the future, one big step, I think, for robotics is when the robots are coming out of the factories, when they are actually are not in closed cages, when they're really moving in between humans. And this will be a big step for robotics, I think. 
Thank you. Okay, thank you. And that's it for today. If you want to know more about Birdly, just visit our website at robotspodcast.com to check out some of our additional information linked to this episode. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. Birdly with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.